0: Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast or simply have an interest in sport, you've come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation and as always plenty of entertainment. This live episode of the podcast is brought to you in partnership with our good friends at NuaSan, the natural Irish made skin and body care brand. Check them out on www.nuaSan.com and use the code TTS15 to get 15% discount on your purchase in Ireland and the UK. This is a very special edition of the Try Talking Sport podcast recorded live with a virtual audience featuring much-loved guest Mike Riley, the voice of Ironman, who last week announced that he would hang up his microphone at the end of the 2022 race season. An outpouring of love, support and gratitude was shared across the world for Mike after his announcement last week Much deserved for the man who in 1991, if I'm not mistaken, in Kona, Hawaii, coined the phrase, you are an Ironman. Four words that have become synonymous with triathlon, endurance sport, and of course, with Ironman. Mike has called thousands of athletes across the finish line, across a multitude of triathlon and endurance events around the world over the past 40 years. But the four words that mean so much to the athletes around the globe are those sacred ones, he says, after an athlete completes an Ironman of a 3.8k swim, 180km bike ride and a 42.2k run. And those words are, you are an Ironman. I first met Mike in Galway in 2011 at the inaugural Ironman 70.3 event in Ireland. He returned in 2019 to announce the inaugural Ironman Ireland. And although he hasn't been back since... We missed him in Cork this year. I'm hoping that he will return to Ireland in the coming years so that we can have some more fun, lots more whiskey, plenty of Guinness, whilst he embraces and traces more of his Irish heritage. He is called Michael Joseph Patrick Riley, after all, a strong Irish name. More on that later. I've lots of fond memories of Mike. We've had great fun over the years, both on and off the microphone, and even with the Atlantic Ocean and the landmass of the United States between Galway and San Diego separating us, he has been a great friend, a mentor, an advocate, and a supporter over the past 11 years. And I will be forever grateful to him for the legacy he has created and the opportunity and support he has given me to follow my dreams in sport and in life. Welcome, Mike Riley, to the Try Talking Sport podcast once again.
1: Well, Joanne, I have to tell you, that's the longest introduction I think I have ever received.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I'm only going to get one chance with you, Mike, before you retire. This is probably the last chance you get. Um, So I had to make it worth my while.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, thank you very much for that. You know, you mentioned the word retire, but you notice in the video, I never said that word. I don't like it. I, I hate, I I don't like that word at all. I think it's, I think it makes you go backwards. So I, I just said, I'm hanging up the microphone. I'll have a microphone in my hand again, somewhere, corporate speeches, wherever. Yeah, I, I know I will. I can't. My podcast, I, I'll always have this thing around me.
0: <laughs> it's a, It's been attached to your life for so long, Mike. It would be strange to imagine that you wouldn't have it going forward.
1: It was funny. The last race I did was, was Ironman uh, Montreblanc in Canada. And it was uh, early morning, about 4.30 a.m. And I, the sound guys were there and I said, good morning, everybody. How we doing? He's good. And, and he turned the mic around and he handed it to me. And I go, oh, thanks. And I, when I grabbed it, I had this melancholy feeling because I knew at that time I was going to make the announcement like, oh, my gosh it'll be soon. Nobody's going to be handing me a microphone. I'll have to pick it up myself. And it just, I really got a little emotional there when he handed me the microphone.
0: And how are you feeling? I mean, it's not even a week since you made that announcement, that very emotional announcement. You dropped the bombshell to the world that you would, in your own words, hang up your microphone in that very special video message.
1: Well, I didn't think it was going to be such a bombshell. I mean, the the outpouring of messages and uh, the love out there ha- has been overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And uh, i it's hard to react to something that comes into your life in so many different ways. And people say things that I go, gosh, that's just, it's like too much over the top for me. But it's so appreciated because I have people coming out of the woodwork from years ago that I worked with, or I called an Ironman, or we met at a race, or a spouse that, a partner that was inspired because of what I said to their partner. I, I mean, it's just the words. Some people have written, you know, chapters of a book for goodness' sakes, telling me their their story and and which I want to hear. So it's it's been uh, overwhelming. I we got away this weekend. It was long weekend in in. America Labor Day, so we got three days away with friends, and I kind of just let it all go. But then on uh, Monday morning, yesterday morning, I started <laughs> started reading the messages again. I, because I want to get through them to see if there's anybody in there I know, and I want to answer back. So it's been overwhelming.
0: We were chatting earlier on, uh, just before we came live, Mike, and you were saying that uh, one of your family members had texted you about going somewhere and you were first to reply <laughs> to say, hell yeah, we're in. Uh, that's not something that you've been able to do for the past 40 years.
1: I mean, all these years, my family, my friends, if they wanted to do something, they'd have to check with Riley first and because they know my schedule was my schedule. And it it, it, it kind of got to me because, uh, you know, why am I the one? but and they all were nice about it, but you know, they, I could hear them in the background. God, let's check with Mike to see if he's available. So my sister sent out an email to the family and said, Hey, let's go get together at the end of July or early August next year for a family get together. And I was the first one ever to write back on, I'm in. And that felt so good because I, my schedule wasn't going to be dictated by, by something else. It was going to be our schedule, my wife and I schedule the our family schedule. So uh, that's been the biggest change, I guess. Somebody somebody asked me, "What are you looking forward to next year?" And I go, "Doing whatever I want to do on whatever date I want to do it, because I've never never done that." <laughs> and really? I'm not, you, uh, Joanne. There's no regrets just because my schedule was always packed. We always got great times and together with family and friends and all that. But uh, and I have no regrets. But it's just it's different. I think it's going to be a a good different.
0: it's like freedom almost. It's like breaking free from a schedule.
1: But you know, even when I was announcing all those years, I had the other job. I had a full-time job. I helped start the Active Network and worked there 16 years, then events.com, and before that I was a sales rep. Uh, so whenever I came home from an event or a race, I went right to work the next day to an office and Uh, so my life was full of work and, and trying to juggle things and schedule things. But then when I stopped working full-time and just did the announcing, that was like freedom. I go, Oh my gosh. So I'd come home from an event and go, I'm going to go ride my bike. I didn't have to go to a job, so to speak. So, uh, but now this one's completely different because this is total and I've already scheduled some things for next year. i Speaking and doing that type of stuff, uh, but it won't be as full as, you know, 12 to 14 Ironman events a year. <laughs>
0: And, of course, you need to schedule in time to come to Ireland. I see uh, Joan Murphy, my mum, is on uh, in the audience watching uh, today. She was devastated that you weren't in y'all with us. And she was, I think, more devastated that Rose wasn't there to go to the mall in y'all with her. Um, But, uh, yeah, so you might have to um, come back to Ireland to to trace that Irish heritage.
1: There's no doubt I will be back. And I'll tell you. You know the reason I didn't come to you all this year at Ironman Cork. The week before I had uh, an Ironman and and uh, in Alaska, and the week after I was in Canada. it just couldn't pull off the travel. But I'll tell you what, it hurt. It really hurt. I, I was doubting myself, like I could have done this and gone to this. But then I was with the grandkids that whole weekend of Cork, and and we did a bunch of fun stuff and. You know, I said, All right, yeah, I'm I'm home for the right reason. But it did hurt me not being there. I turned on the coverage a couple of times. I heard your voice in the background and I'm getting melancholy and I go, Okay, shut it off. Just shut it off. You can't you're here, you're not there. So after this many years of going places that I love and I feel enamored to in my heart. And when I don't go, it it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be difficult next year with events that like I, I Ironman Wisconsin, I've done it 20 years. I've done Lake Placid every year, 23, 24 years. So it's going to be tough not going to those places.
0: You will finish at the end of this season. So you have six events left in the schedule.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's really seven because we've got two Ironmans wow. in three days in Kona, but I'll <laughs> count it as one. R- right. I do. I've got Ironman Wisconsin. And then Kona and then Ironman California, which you and I will be together at. That'll be cool. You work in a big U.S. event. And then uh, Ironman Florida, uh, Ironman Arizona, which I've done every year. And then I get to finish down at Ironman New Zealand because that March race was moved to December. And uh, I, I've done New Zealand over 20 times, Australia over 20 times. And to go back and end up there to see my mates from uh, uh, New Zealand and Australia is going to be a great finish.
0: And why is the time right now, Mike? Like, why why pick this season to finish? Why not go for another year or two?
1: I've been stretching it for another year for a few years because this decision it didn't come lightly and I said, well, I can do another year and another year and then obviously pandemic hit, COVID hit and 2020 was my last race was Ironman, New Zealand in March of 2020. And, you know, I came home thinking, oh, this, oh, we'll get another event in. And I did, it was November of 2020, Ironman, Florida. I don't know how we pulled that off. And 2021 was a abbreviated schedule. You know, we didn't do every race and then we get back this year and I go, all right, a full year, uh, I got the full year in, you know, I'll get the full year in this year. But at the beginning, I go, you know, this, this is going to be it. I got a good full year in and places I wanted to go and people I wanted to see. Uh, so, it, you know, I guess it was my gut. The time is right. Don't push it anymore, Mike. Don't miss anything else. It, it, recovery time's longer. I mean, I'm not in my thirties and forties anymore. And, and my voice has taken two or three days to recover as opposed to 12, 15 hours, you know. So I I, I know my time's right. And, and I want to go out. You know, you always want to go out on your own terms. And th- that's what I'm doing.
0: Your book, Finding My Voice is filled full of inspirational stories of athletes across the years. But for you personally, what has been the biggest single inspiration to keep going all of these years?
1: Oh, gosh, that's easy. It, it, it's what I'm seeing when they're crossing the finish line, as I say, the finishing line, as you say, it, it it's what I see and feel with every pro, but mostly all the age group athletes. I see them overcoming odds that they never thought were possible. And I know that. And we, you know, Joanne, you and I know they all have backstories. So that's what it's always been the age grouper. It's always been the finishes. It's always been the smiles and the tears and the unbelievable look on their faces that I did it. And others, others told them they, they couldn't do it. So uh, that, that's, that's what it's been. It, it's that, that I'll, I'll see those faces and those finishes for the rest of my life. And it's funny when talking right now, I just had a couple pop into my head of years ago that people I knew or, and and what their story was and it just popped into my head now and that happens to me a lot where they'll just they'll just come running through like water coming down the river those those memories and uh i'll never forget those but that those memories are what keep me strong and those finishes are what have always inspired me and built my foundation
0: because it is a very special place being on the finish line of an Ironman, man and This is going to be really hard now, Mike, but I'm going to have to ask you to pick one favorite finish line moment of all your Ironman races you've announced, and it can't be the one that's Andy Riley crossing the finish line. (laughs) It has to be something different.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're right. Calling my son stands up there, calling my son-in-law and calling my brother-in-law, calling my niece this past uh, last year at Ironman Wisconsin. Those are very special to me. But I think uh, looking back, even though at the moment it didn't register with me, it registered with the crowd and it registered with the athlete. It was the very first time I said, you are an Ironman. After I sent out my message, I got a message from him. And he lives here in San Diego, Dan Trone. And when I said those words to him, it was because we had met on the street and he didn't think he was going to have a great race. And I told him, don't worry, you'll be an Ironman. And that prompted me to say, you are an Iron Man." when he finished the reaction from him and the crowd was, was like, wow, I, what's the big deal here. But then as I kept doing it, it became a bigger deal and a bigger deal. And for almost a half a million bigger deals, it still is a, a big deal to me and hopefully to the athletes. So that one was, was, uh, uh, looking back, that has to be my best call, because it was the first time I ever said that. And it created this aura uh, for these athletes, because all I ever wanted to do was congratulate someone on a job well done. We all want to be congratulated and patted on the back when we go through hell to get to something. And that's all I wanted to do was be that person to be able to do that for them. I know it made them feel good. It made me feel good. But, you know, when I brought in Sarah Reinerson, the first below the knee uh, amputee female to finish Ironman Hawaii after she failed the year before, that was monumental. Uh, I brought in, you know, NFL football players here in this country that were big, gigantic people, and they they ended up finishing Ironman. Uh, Harriet Anderson, when she was the oldest finisher ever in Kona, And she finished the race with a broken collarbone at like 76, 77 years old. So I, I, they, they come flooding in Joe and it's hard to always put one on it because to me, every one of those finishes is number one.
0: You mentioned it created an aura, but you've created a legacy for Ironman and triathlon that has touched the lives of so many people, even those whom you'll never, ever meet on the finish line, but are inspired by your words to become an Ironman. When you reflect on your career, it must bring you a huge sense of pride and achievement and joy for what you've created.
1: Sure, it does. it, But it was never about making me happy or making me feel good or making me Feel like to be fulfilled. My mom told me long ago, it was funny. She had this plaque on the house. It is in giving that you receive. So I, I really only wanted to keep giving to them. I, I just wanted to be the one to tell them how incredible they were and what they did is huge. And for so many, it's a turning point in their life. So I, I'm, I was I consider myself a small part of it where I get to do the congratulations. Sure, because my voice has been around so long. People want to hear my voice. They tell me, Mike, just talk to me. And I'm thinking, what, what, what? I don't know what my voice sounds like. Yeah, it always. <laughs> okay. And, and, but I think the combination of the voice and what I said to them is what the, where the power is packed in. Uh, so yes, it, while it gives me great satisfaction, it, it gives me the greatest satisfaction knowing that they are satisfied with what they did, that they're proud of their moment in the sun. And that moment in the sun lasts the rest of their lives. They they, they can't push it out. It doesn't go away. I've met people 25 years after they have done an Ironman and actually got out of the sport. I met someone this summer at a, at a at a woman's softball game here in San Diego, sat with him and told me about his experience you know, 22 years ago and how it changed his life. And now he's the CEO of a major corporation and the whole, he goes, that, that's what set me up to be successful. And, and, and when you told me an Ironman, I knew I could do whatever in my life. And I'm thinking, wow. So it, it lasts for the rest of their lives. We know that when we call him an Ironman and it'll last for the rest of my life.
0: Well, not only have you inspired athletes the world over, Mike, there are announcers from around the world who have been part of the Ironman Ohana over the years. So I'd like to welcome some very special guests to the show who'd oh, like wow. to say hello to you. And I hope this is going to work. So let's go here. We welcome Eric Gilsonen. Uh, E.G., EG, we have Paul K in South Africa. No,
1: no friggin' way. We have
0: Tony Lugo with Raymond, I think, is in Japan. No friggin'
1: way. I almost want to bring Rose in here. She's going to...
0: Oh, do, absolutely. Paul K is in. Eric is in. Mike is in. Peach is joining from Australia. It's uh, nearly one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Um, Oh, he's got to get Rose <laughs> 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 this is pretty cool. I feel quite emotional doing this. I don't know. How do you feel, Paul K? Okay, welcome to the show. Eric Gilsonen. Welcome to the hey, show. Hey
2: man. Aloha. Eric, I like the hey, beard, dude. Look at you. Wow. Hey, Tony Lugo.
0: Hey, Tony. Uh Yo, Pete Tony Murray on his way in.
1: Look at, look at Rose, look at. Paul, Tony, freaking wit, wit, dude. <laughs> and 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 Pete. And e.g. Eric, yeah, you guys, you get my wife in a nightgown, you sons of bitch.
0: right. <laughs> Don't forget, there's like 30 other people on the call, lads. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Riley, right, yeah. No, look at that. Okay, the gang's all here.
1: <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, I, I am, I'm shocked and honored. Look at this. <laughs> it, 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 all of your proteges, Riley.
0: All of this your is
1: protégés. one. This is one good-looking group.
0: Um, so so I brought all of these people together it all happened very very quickly we chatted (sighs) last week Mike about putting a podcast on I thought yeah we just do it ourselves together and then I contacted Paul and I was like what do you think will I bring people in what will we do and then just happened to connect with all of these fabulous announcers from around the world and here we are today so to introduce everybody we've got Eric Gilson in we have Paul Kay. Tony Lugo, Whit Raymond, and Pete Murray all the way in Australia. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Paul K, to share some memorable microphone moments with oh, Mike Riley's.
3: Well, firstly, aloha to everybody and uh, konbawa to Whit Raymond. I presume he's still in Japan, long time no see. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, Mike, to you, I think it would be remiss of me not to start by thanking you for all you have done. Uh, none of us would have the platform to be announcers in the sport of triathlon, the sport of Ironman. If it wasn't for those four words, you are an Ironman, because I don't even think Ironman realizes what you did for Ironman. People do the sport, do the the tough training, suffer through the tough moments on the bike, especially on the marathon, to get to the finish line, just to hear those words, you are an Ironman. And Mike Riley, I don't want to thank you for this, but because of you, if we don't say those words at the end of a race, we get inundated with emails and Facebook messages and Instagram and Twitter and everything saying, hey, you didn't call me an Ironman. So thank you, Mike Riley, for what you created Um You know, I've always said that in in some way or another, uh, I'd like to make this world a better place. I'd like to change this world. And Mike Riley, you have made this world a better place. Mahalo to you. And, you know, when it comes to sharing moments, Mike, as much as, you know, I've followed your career for a very, very long time, and and when I started taking this very seriously, uh, you you won't know it, but I basically stalked you. Uh, I, I went through everything I could find online, on YouTube I've read almost every article ever written about you because I like to just learn and and I just want to be really really good at what I do but but for all of that we 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 you and I haven't really had a, a lot of moments together my first time I met you was on the big island in 2014 when I was invited there for the first time and I had the pleasure of being on the hot corner and then you know with each year uh, we, we got to work more and more together, um, there, there's two things that really stand out for me. Uh, the first is how you made me part of your family, how you were so warm and welcoming and inviting, how got invited to the Friday night dinner at Huggers, And and I remember specifically the one evening where Huggers was so full, we went to the Kona Inn and my wife, Kelly, was sitting next to you, and you invited her, you invited my son into your family. And my son is the segue to probably my most memorable moment, and when it was you, Andy, on the tunes, my son on the laptop, you know, punching in the numbers so we could read those backstories we talk of, and you and I and and our sons afterwards, we just had that light bulb moment where, wow, how privileged are we that we get to do this as a family with our boys? And that is a standout moment for me, Mike, that I will never, ever for the rest of my life forget.
1: That was a special moment, Paul. Uh, you know, when you have your your your, your kids there uh, and they're seeing what you're doing and they want to become a part of it, it's, it's one of the most gratifying things in life. I, I remember that moment well, Paul. Oh, Elaine. Hey, hey, bonjour, bonjour, mon ami. <laughs> Comment ça va, mon ami? Mon ami. This is the guy, Elaine here. I work with him in Canada. When he speaks French Canadian, it's the most fluent, best thing. And then he starts speaking English. He sounds like he's from New York City. It's amazing.
4: <laughs> well, uh, it, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, it's an, an honor uh, for me to have worked with uh, Mike Riley at the events in, in Mont-Tremblant. Uh, calling, uh, calling the athletes uh, in French to man, its always fun. Uh, but uh, Mike is the best at it. Um, I, I, I wanted to pop in because I, I only have a few minutes. I'm filming my TV show here in Quebec, but I couldn't miss this. Mike Riley, you're such a good friend, my my buddy, and uh, uh, I will miss working with you in Trobala. I will miss uh, uh, shooting the hell with you and and joking around <laughs> with you and especially calling in Sandra Pittender at the finish line from Stittsville <laughs> Ontario which is an amazing athlete <laughs> But uh yeah it's been it's been a, a wild uh, fun ride and uh, I I really uh enjoyed our, our last dinner on the Friday night uh, the two of us uh, at the Pizza Terrier. uh kind of figured that uh, you were uh, you were happy about this one and making it the last one so so really glad I got to work with you
1: you're an amazing man. Uh, merci, mercy, Elaine, it, it, that was a very hard race. The last one I did not being able to say anything to you and to Jacques and to Matthew, uh, or, or Dominique, uh, that was very tough. I, I knew the decision was made, but Andy and I, you know, put together the plan and, and I just couldn't say anything. So I kind of apologize for that. I wanted to share it with you, especially at our dinner, but, uh, thank you very much.
0: Uh, I think we'll go to um, to Pete Murray next because um, I know it, it's rather late in Australia. Pete, you're very welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast.
1: Hey, hey, it's Murray. Actually, uh, Murray, It's actually no- rather <laughs> early. It's rather early. It's one hey, Murray, it depends, no, depends on no, how you uh,
0: look
1: at it. Hey, Murray, no kangaroo stories. You hear me? Oh, that's, uh, that's got that's kind of coming out. I just want to um, first of all say good day to
5: everybody. It's amazing that every you know, we're on virtually every corner of the world, um on on the show this afternoon or tonight this morning wherever you are around the world. But um I just like to you know reiterate what Paul said and what Alan said and what Wit's going to say, Eric, and of course um Tony as well and Joe doing a great job. But um yeah, it's very i you know probably a little bit different in in a lot of ways in regards to athletes because I've seen Mike from both sides. I've done 13 Ironmans. I first met Mike in 1992 um, as an Ironman athlete. I did 13 Ironmans and 10 in Australia, two in Kona, one in New Zealand. And a highlight for me, every single one of them, um Mike called me an Iron Man and I do remember each and every one of them. So that's a bit of a buzz and then to jump the fence literally and and work a lot with Mike here in Australia. I had the privilege of working in Kona a couple of times as well with him. It's um it really is a remarkable thing. And, and I mean Mike, I rang you virtually straight away after the announcement, I had a little bit of a um you know, 40-minute talk or something, but what everyone's saying, whatever um credit you're getting, my friend, you um Thoroughly deserve it. Um, you are, like Paul said, you've made the sport, you've made the phrase, and that phrase will never, ever be taken away from the voice of my man in Mike Riley. But if I just take the time about the kangaroo story um, here in Australia, it's very Australian. The national animal almost um, <laughs> was the end, literally, of um, Mike Riley. Um, I remember um, one of the functions, and as you know, as flights go, um, delays, we've all experienced them boys. And Joe, we've all experienced um, sitting in airports, where we should be on stage or we should be at an event and at a certain time. But this one day, this one weekend, Mike was due to be on stage um, for our welcome function um, an hour, two hours before the event, still no Mike Riley in, in Ironman Oz. Um, don't worry, he'll come. So the plane landed. My bolt arm um, sped out to the airport <laughs> in the car. Mike gets off with all these luggages, you know, he goes, hey, Pete, I've got to get ready. I said, mate, just jump in the back of the car. You get changed. I'll drive. We are going to go pretty quick. Just hang on and get ready. So we just come out of the airport. We're doing about, you know, 50 or 100 kilometres an hour. And I kid you not, Mike Rose in the back. He's got his pants down around his ankles. He's got his shirt. I wasn't looking, by the way, but I could um, hear him going. Next thing, no word of a lie, a kangaroo, boing, 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 stop in front of the car. Oh, my God, brakes on screeching, twi- you know, fish through and there's Mike Riley coming from the back of the ser- back <laughs> of the car through to the front of the car with his pants down around his ankles, <laughs> his shirt half off, and I just went, oh, my God, I almost killed the voice of Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a true, true story and Mike will vouch for that one. We've said it many times, we've told that many times, but... I could have been responsible for Mike Riley's very very early retirement in around 2010, I think it was Mike.
1: Yeah, and I remember I remember the whole event. My bum was sore, <laughs> and I go, "Why is my butt sore?" Oh yeah, that's right, it smashed up against the windshield in the front of the car. Can <laughs> I, I
5: just? Can I just wrap up also about the family? I mean, Paul talked about Sebi um being up there. I remember my son Harper, who's now 16. Um, and Mike, you know, and we all idolized Mike and, and my son, just like you know, a million other kids and athletes around the around the world, idolise Mike and and I talked to Harper last night. I tried to get him up um, at one a.m. this morning, but a sixteen-year-old doesn't get up um, at one o'clock in the morning. But um, just to wrap up, I remember the times that I man was many times um, you allowed Harper up into the stand. He was one time our DJ. It wasn't Andy Riley style, but um, Harper Murray was uh, the DJ with Mike Riley, and to this day, he still talks that up. Uh, um, you know, I, I was up in that tower. With the voice of Iron Man, the greatest of all time, and Mike, thank you so much. As um Paul said, it's a very special, it's a very surreal experience when you get to work very closely with you, but also with your family at the same time. So, thank you, my friend, and congratulations on uh, an amazing career.
1: Thank you, Pete. Thank you very much. You, uh, you're, you're a great friend, and and I, I'm going to miss working with you because yeah, because we every all are. time we are. because every time I mispronounce an Aussie phrase he'd laugh his ass off and then and then an american would come in and he'd mispronounce their name and i'd laugh at him it was great
5: in australia when mike um does the swim course we call them buoys over here so you got to go you got to swim 300 meters turn right at the first boy but when mike's in town you swim that 300 meters and you turn at the first buoy buoy
1: <laughs> very american
0: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Pete, for joining us. Really appreciate it because um, I know it's the middle of the night, early morning. You can go off now and do a nice long bike ride on the, on the Turbo <laughs> Trainer. You'll be sound.
5: Yeah. <laughs> the away.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Whit Raymond, we've never met in person, but your legend precedes you. It's lovely to finally meet you. Uh, what can you tell us about Mike Riley?
1: Oh, God, here we go.
6: Yeah, can we tell you about Mike Riley? Thank you very much, Mike, for everything you've done. You know, I've always said swim, bike, run, have fun. And you brought the fun into everything, and you taught me so much. Uh, I mean, just brought me in in 93, first time to work uh, with you under the microphone in Kona. My first time on the microphone was at Ironman in 93, and there you were. And, uh, you know, you just inspire, inspire, inspire. And uh, I never thought we'd see the day, mate, where you... <laughs> would actually make this announcement. And uh congratulations. Congratulations. Because you have it, you're, it, it's it's never gonna end though, Mike. You will continue. You can't, it's in your blood, it's in your veins. Now maybe it's time for you to uh of course be with the family, but maybe you should consider running down a Lee Drive one time <laughs> yeah you knew it but anyway look man i mean how much love do people have in the world so much because what you've given to everybody and i i, I don't want to say past tense it's present because you're still giving and you're always going to give and people will never stop loving that inspiration that you have now and will always have for the sport for for the brand of Ironman for for the sport of triathlon. Mike, this this world is a different place because of who you are and what you've done and what you've brought. And my life has changed because of everything I've experienced working with you and the human being that you are. And uh, yeah, it's just passion, man. The world is full of passion. And it's not just because of people who who can go and finish an Ironman. It's because of their destiny to understand what it is to do that. And what you've brought to people through those words lives on forever. And that's me from Wit in Japan at midnight. Thank you. Love Whit. you, Mike Riley.
1: <laughs> Wit, Wit, you know that the foundation that we built together in those early years in Placid and. And I'll, I'll never forget 1999 with you and I together going, what is going, how are we going to pull this one off? This is <laughs> this is huge, you know, because it was such a big event, such a great year. And and uh, you, you taught me more than you know, my friend. Uh, your enthusiasm and your passion, I just wanted to be an equal to what you were doing at the finish line. And uh, I, I think it's probably the first time in my life I realized that when you're in sync with someone else besides my wife or family, when you're in sync with someone else on the same day for the same reasons, wanting to do the same thing, it's the most powerful combination you can ever have. You taught me you taught me team, you taught me teamwork, and you taught me that, you know what, if we can get this done together, we're gonna be much better off for it. So, Witt, thank you very much. You're you're uh, you're an amazing man and you're continuing the legacy of doing what you do. And uh, hell, you say you never thought I'd go away. I know you're never going to go away. You're always going to be doing it. (laughs) So uh, I never thought this day was going to come either, but it's come.
0: Tony Lugo. Hello, Tony. Nice to also meet you virtually. Hopefully we get to meet in person at some point. Is there any special message you'd like to give Mike Riley or any special memories you'd like to share with us?
6: um sure sure mike um mike is a good friend mike uh, i think called me in in 1999 the first time in panama city maybe i think 2004 i'm sure in lake placid and the last one the last one i do remember (laughs) Mm -hmm. this past july in lake placid i got meddled by mike riley and eg was there and um we had a we had a really 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 awesome finish but um But it's just like the other uh, the other fellow said is um, Mike has changed a lot of lives, including mine, you know.
2: Um,
6: So, yeah, I worked with Mike um, 2018 in Texas. And it was like, hey, I'm a karaoke singer with sing with Palo You know, it's like something like that. So, yeah, that's that's it, man. I love you. I love you, you,
1: Tony. Tony, keep it up, buddy. You're, uh, you're, you're amazing on the microphone. And, uh, you, you talk about, I would always call Wit the ever ready bunny. Cause never stop with you. Got, you got a match right here with Tony Lugo. That guy just never stops. I even said to him the last in Texas, I go, I, he's going, he's going. I go, Tony, <laughs> I got to take a freaking breath here. This is yeah, even, I got to take a breath. So keep it up, brother.
0: And finally, uh, Eric Gilsonen. I think you're you're one of the ones that know Mike Riley, one of the longest, maybe aside from Uh, Quish, possibly. Possible. I mean, the stories you must have must be insane. I'm sure they're not suitable for the podcast. So maybe just a nice memory of working with Mike.
2: I knew him before he knew me. Uh, In '92, I was with Power Bar, and I was watching Mike and Conan. I'm like, who is this guy? What is, how did he get to where he's at? And that's when he was a Saucony rep and a Tinley rep and Nutria and all those other, remember Internutria out of Needham, yeah. Massachusetts, but Mike, GOAT, uh, greatest of all time. They speak of it often in sport and uh, you know, you're it and uh, you've taught so many of us and uh, uh, Joanne, thank you for organizing this and each and every one of you on this call. I love you guys. Uh, you are the most loved man in the sport. Uh, you've heard me say that to you. It takes 20 minutes to go. What normally takes five minutes, like Lake Placid. Oh yeah. I'll be there in five minutes. I'm like, yeah, 20 minutes later. And that's the beautiful thing. You are the most loved man in the sport. Uh, you know, and knowing orange Gatorade, chocolate milk, uh, mumbo number five, all those and (laughs) Freddie Rismick meeting him in 99 in Panama city, you know, you taught us well, always be prepared. Uh, and as I said, you know, the most loved man in triathlon you know, there's different, uh, you know, Paula Newby Frazier, the greatest Ironman ever, you know, um, uh, you know, Dave Scott or Mark Allen or you know, Aaron Baker. But when it comes to what you've done, the category, you are the most loved man in triathlon, you know, to meet your family, your extended family, to meet your brothers and sisters at the Carbo dinner in Texas years ago and learn more about you, uh, And uh, watching you and all the side hustles, you know, what I do now with Hoka, Ironman, McGilvery, it's because of you to be able to, this last year, on your 200th Ironman announce, to get a tribute video together with Diana Birch, with Dave McGilvery, with Lou Friedland, and calling all my friends that are are your friends, were your friends before me, and to be able to have that relationship with them and to put that video together and to have that party we had at the house of tricks in Arizona, uh, that, uh, Tempe, that was great. Uh, but for everything you've done, you know, Lake Placid, uh, I was there in 99 with you and Witt, and I raced that race 11 and a half hours and my fastest Ironman ever. And, uh, you know, Lake Placid will miss you and I'll miss you, uh, working with you. I never had to worry about my part. You always have, what it takes, uh, in the backpack and in the mind and heart. Yeah. For everything you've done for all the, uh, athletes you've called across the line for all the people like myself that you've given, uh, a need a job, uh, you know, thank you. And, uh, everybody who hasn't bought the book buy the book, I guess that's it for now. The team we had in St. George, I will say this, the team we had in St. George was just awesome. Everybody knew their place. I just want to say that breakfast was really good uh, with Paul and Joanne at Black Bear Diner, as you and Z-Bart were calling (laughs) in those last people out of the water. Like, what are we going to do? We're in town early. Let's go to Black Bear Diner. I don't think we ever told you that, but it was really good. Anyways, love you, man.
0: Too many secrets, Eric. We might get into trouble.
2: Oh, yeah, no problem. I'll see you in a few weeks in Kona. Love you, man.
1: Thanks, EG. Thank you very much, brother. Uh, Yeah, Kona, let's Somebody asked me, "What's it going to be like in Kona?" <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like in Wisconsin. I got that coming up. It's it's going to be gratifying, but uh, those last calls. I hope I can get through it. I really can. But I think I get through it thinking of you guys, because uh, you you know the the tradition of having that microphone in your hand. It's not an easy thing. We all know that. It's 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 difficult, but if we're smart and we prepare we do the best job we can do. And I think though, that's the way I always looked at it. I didn't look at it as a job. I just looked at it as a passion and making somebody else happy. And it all seemed to work out from there. You guys, I can't believe you did this, Joanne. Thank you. This is crazy. This is nuts. I can't I, I can't believe you don't have Andy on, but I know what time is it here? He's probably his butt's not out of bed. You know? No, I tried.
0: I did. I tried to get him. I actually did send him the details and asked him to come on, but it might have been too late. Um, He's out of office Said he was traveling. So um, <laughs> yeah, he, I did try yeah, to he, get him on the show.
1: He was up in Oregon. Yeah,
0: I'm going to say goodbye to all of our announcers in just a moment. But Paul, K, would like to give you the, the last word on behalf of all of the announcers in the room.
3: Well, Joe, I know that when I'm with you, <laughs> I never have the last word. But, but thank you. Um, you know, Mike, you talk about how these these next couple of events are going to be are going to be hard for you. They're going to be beautiful, and the beauty of those events, and and you letting people love you the way they love you. That's going to be the hard part. But it all comes from a beautiful place. I already think about. Um, being on the stage there behind the King Cam for the banquet of champions on that Sunday night with you is going to, be, it's going to be huge, for lack of a better term. And we'll both have to do a bit of a Tony Lugo and make sure we've got uh, some tissues in our pockets. But, but <laughs> before we do that, I just want to say to everybody watching, please understand that Mike Riley is not human. He's not normal. He's the only human being on this planet who can get up without an alarm clock for an Ironman, be the first on site, talk all day long, including hotspots, then get to the finish line and call all 3,000 athletes down the finish line. You are an Ironman. Please understand this is not normal. We cannot do that. There's only one person who can. And that's Mike Riley. Mike Riley, you are an Iron Man.
1: Thank you, Paul. Jeez. Thank you very much. You know, and, and before you guys leave, I hope you realize that on the screen with us, Joanne Murphy was the first female to announce from an Ironman Man World Championship finish line. And we tried for years. Uh, but it worked out in St. George and, uh, Paul, I think we may let her come up there and say a few words in Kona, you know, for the, uh, Thursday race for the women's. Oh yeah. Oh (laughs) man. Yeah, you're going to be up there. and I and uh,
0: Don't tell me that now, Mike. I won't sleep for the next month. And I still oh, have to go to Wales and Weymouth before I get to Kona.
1: Well, well, I remember on race day, you got to wait for the call. So you, you'll well, be working someplace else. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I really look forward to it. We're not going to finish the podcast right now, but I am going to let Paul, Tony, Pete, Witt, and Eric just rejoin the audience. So just to finish off our conversation with Mike, but thank you so much, guys, for coming on board. This is very, very special. And, I love uh, you guys. I, I know I appreciate Appreciate it love so you I, too. I it. Take, Take care of
1: yourself, Tony. See you all. BG, <laughs> Paul. Love thank you. Love you. Really. <laughs> love <ya. laughs> love ya. Aloha. Aloha. I hope one day we can all physically be together. That would be my dream. So, Joe, when I told Rose I was going to be on a, a deal with you, she goes, Are you going to be able to get a word in edgewise? <gasps> I didn't know I was going to be on with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: cool was that, though?
1: That was major cool. That was. Uh, I am I am sh- shocked and my heart's beating coming through my chest it, 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 thank you very much for that never forget that
0: I have to admit, Mike, that when we were, we were messaging earlier today and you were asking me how many people are coming on live. And I was like, God, we've like 40 registered, We know, we'll probably get 30. It's a bad time in Ireland. You know, people picking up kids from school, yeah. and people are working. And I was like, oh, my God. And you said, oh, we can push it out to later. And i was like, no, no, no. I have to get the, <laughs> the podcast to the producer. Oh, that, <laughs> that,
1: must, have, yeah, that must have scared you. because Pete Murray, that would have been three in the morning for him or something.
0: I was. Oh, my God. I was just in my back of my head going, no, Mike, we are definitely doing it at this time. Um, and again, a huge thank you to all of the fellow announcers who joined us on the call. So, Mike, That's beautiful. we are nearly at the end of the podcast, but I do have a couple more questions for you. Um, and Tom Zebart was meant to join the call there as well, but I don't know where he ended up. So I am getting lots of messages coming through on WhatsApp saying people are all crying, watching. The show and all the announcers coming in, Mike. So very heartfelt um, messages coming in from people. Okay, a couple of things for you, Mike. These aren't my questions. These are questions that have come in from the audience. Okay. Um, Mark Farquhar, what is the strangest thing to happen on a finish line?
1: Mark, I know Mark. Yeah, you do. He did Utah. Yeah. Uh, The strangest thing to ever happen at the finish line? Well, it was uh, one of the most strangest was... uh, (laughs) It's Ironman, Arizona, and and you had kind of a long look. The runners would take a sweeping left-hand turn to come at us. Then I'm waiting for the next athlete, and I see something coming in, and I look because it's a little dark down there. I go, something's moving. He's coming. And here comes this dog straight down the finish line. And so I had about, I don't know, 8, 10 seconds with this dog, and I started pulling out every doggone joke you could – you know, it's, you go faster with four legs than two. And, and people were yelling stuff from the crowd. Well, this dog ran through and they tried grabbing it and it just kept going. I said, well, that dog's not getting meddled. I mean, it was just the weirdest thing because it froze everybody. But another one was, uh, uh I had this woman come through the finish line and she was waving to everybody, which was great. She came across the line, turned around, ran back out and I go, well, Maybe she's just, you know, she missed her family and she wants to kiss him or a high five or whatever. But no, she runs down, makes a U-turn and comes back, waving to everybody, crosses the finish line. I go, all right, that's good. I think I may have even called her an Iron Man again. Maybe she didn't hear it the first time. But then she turns around. And she does it again. Now I'm going, wait a minute. What the heck is going on? She goes up, does the same U-turn, comes running back again, and, and I, I go, okay, I didn't call you. I said, all right, that's good because other people were finishing around her and I didn't want her to take away from those finishers. So she comes across the line. She's about ready to make a U-turn and I go, like, like, a, like a dad scolding the kid. I go, no, 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 don't do that again. And she was about ready to do it and ignore me. And, and it's the first time I ever said this. You don't want to be disqualified. And oh my gosh. And not like I could disqualify her, but she stopped in her tracks, looked at me, kind of gave me a dirty look because she wanted to do it again and then ran and got her medal. Uh, It's a wonder she didn't ask for three medals crossing the finish line three times. But so that was one of the weirdest finishes. I don't know why she just kept going back and forth, but I had to stop it because she was running into people coming in and uh, it was, you know, never talked to her afterwards, never met her, but. I remember her face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good. Well, Karen Lewis says, um, if we get you on to do a full Ironman, will you come out of retirement to announce her over the line?
1: I've had a few people very close to me, like yourself, Joe say, if I do an Ironman, you know, what if my you know, my son's done one? and What if my daughter, Erin wants to do one? Uh, I, I would, I would somehow get on the microphone for that one call.
0: That's good. That's good to know. Maybe I will sign up and do an Ironman. And what Karen Lewis has actually said is that um, if I do one, she'll do one. So you'll have to call the two of us down the line. Tracy Cohen Roth. I think she may be a lady I met in Cork. Yeah, she lives. She
1: lives. She lives here in my town. Yeah, she lives. Yeah.
0: So she she just sent a message saying, thank you, Mike, for your excellent tutoring. Joanne did the bestest job calling me across the Ironman Cork finish line. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, she, she she
1: actually sent me a message after the race. Go, Joanne did a great job. You know, that was great.
0: Uh, Jeff Partridge then says, just want to thank Mike for his huge contribution to the sport that we love and enjoy. And I got a very special message from Paulie Purcell. And he couldn't join the live show today, Mike, but you might remember this guy because he was planning to do a triathlon. Um, I think it was Ironman Cork. He signed up two years ago is what he told me. And he was in the middle of sending you a message on Facebook to thank you for something when his wife ran down the stairs to say she was pregnant. So you were the first person he actually told that his wife was pregnant. They were going to have a baby.
1: I remember that.
0: (laughs) He said, tell him if you can to enjoy his, his uh, mic dropping and, uh, and thank you. Okay. Just a couple more. Oh, Oliver Harkin asks, why do you think Kona is so special?
1: Oh, I've been asked that a lot and it's pretty, it's a pretty simple answer. One, it's the uh, world championship of our event, but more than that, it's the spirit of the island that invades you when you go there. It really does. There's, it's not just words, me saying that I've felt it thousands and thousands of other athletes have felt it. And the elements there are elements that you have to overcome. So I think Kona teaches you about how overcoming things in life that when you come back home, you can say, Hey, I was in Kona. I did that race. It's in my heart. It's in my soul. And I know if anything comes my way after it, I'm going to be able to handle it. That, that's why Kona is just, it's a special place that invades the soul and never leaves.
0: I see as well. I have two more fellow announcers uh, on the call as well. Gordon Graham, in South Africa. And I see Jay Luke has also joined as well. So good evening. Good afternoon, boys.
1: Jay, Father what's went- up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's getting ready to uh, to come to Wales. Myself and Paul this weekend for the uh, 10-year anniversary of Ironman Wales. Before Ireland, it was my favourite race. So um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Ella Webley got in touch and she would love to know what advice you have for the support crew of the athletes. So having spent thousands of hours at the finish line, she says, I bet he has some stories and words of wisdom for those people we couldn't achieve our goal without. I thought that was a great question.
1: That's a great question. You know what, what families like doing, they like getting as close to the finish line as they can. What I've seen happen over and over again, the athletes coming in by the time they get close to the finish line, they're looking up at the clock. The lights are in their eyes. They really don't see anything. They really don't hear anything. It's so loud right there. Uh, and then they go running through and the family's reaching out like, Hey, here I am. <laughs> you know, I've been living with you for nine months. You can look at me, you know, look at me. Uh, so I always suggest be a little bit further away from that line. Uh, where the athlete has time to look around and see. So, and I think people I've said that uh, quite a bit and now you'll I'll see an athlete, you know, 70 meters up the line, stop, hug their loved ones, and then continue in. But if you're crowded right near the finish line, they have a tendency not to be able to hear or see you because it's it's so intense right there. And then try to be, you know, if it's a if it's a looped uh, bike course, try to be out there at the halfway point cheering them on or anywhere on the course. And the same for the run. Try to get around Uh, an Ironman working day is also very tough for the iron spectators of moving themselves around to see their athlete and hoping they don't miss them.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one more question for you. And this came in as well. What do you think makes a great announcer? So for someone who is listening in and is thinking Jeepers, I'd love to give that job a shot. What are the main skills and attributes in your opinion that an announcer needs to have to become a great race announcer?
1: I always have lived by the five Ps. Proper planning prevents poor performance. You know, when you're on the microphone and you say something, it's heard instantly it's, uh, it's digested instantly by the spectators. Remember they, I always remember that, you know, what you say, if you say something incorrectly, they can forgive you, but they don't forget it. So you, you have to be prepared uh, as much as you can prepare yourself over prepare, pick out nuggets and tidbits from, from the race you'd like to say, or, or, or certain athletes and, and stick with those. and. Uh, and I always say, you know, if you're, if you're getting on the microphone because you want to make people laugh and you want to be funny, go get another job. Try to be a comedian, because I think when you try to be funny and crack jokes and do things like that, uh, when it doesn't come naturally, you're forcing. You, you don't want to force things. Uh, sometimes I'll say something. I didn't think it was that funny, but I made a comment and people are laughing and I'm going, oh, my gosh. I, I Okay. And then I'll say something else that I thought was funny. And everybody's looking at me like, what do you say? So you can never, you can never be spot on. You just have to be natural. And once you're natural and people feel that you're, it's you, like you're having a one-on-one conversation with them. If they know it's you, they're comfortable with that. And then they listen more and they laugh more or they cry more. So just try to be the best you you can be and prepare like crazy
0: wise words i was taking notes mike for my uh, for my trip to kona i think we're coming towards the end of the podcast and i hadn't i had thought about how i was going to introduce you but i didn't think about how i was going to say thank you um and i'm not really sure how i'm going to say thank you without getting upset or emotional for everything that you've done to support me over the past 11 years which we realized on on sunday was an 11 year anniversary of my yeah, first ever Ironman event and honestly what a journey what a, a huge honor it's been to to be part of your team and as Paul said part of your family as well you know um, I've got to meet everyone even the grandkids and spend some time with you in your beautiful home um, we've had some great times and I can't wait to see what the future holds for both of us and what fun we might have on either side of the pond and I really really hope that you come to Ireland and spend some time with us over here and I know the Irish athletes would love to meet you if you came over here again. So thank you so much for your time, for everything that you've done to support me over the past uh, number of years, but most importantly, for just believing that anything was possible and for giving us those words, you are an Ironman.
1: Thank you very much, Joanne. And it's been an honor and a pleasure to watch your progression, your growth and your passion grow with every event for our sport. And I've always been an advocate that we want our sport to grow. We want it to thrive. We want new people coming in and young people coming in. And you do that. I think the athletes you've inspired in Ireland and the UK uh, are inspiring others. And so your mark is your mark, but it has rivers coming from it all over the place. And and it's far reaching. So good on you for sticking with it. Uh, I know times you've, you've had Some confidence, you go. I don't know if I can do this, but I I knew if you kept pushing through, you you were gonna keep doing it. And so keep growing. Never get complacent because complacency is a killer. It 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 turns us around backwards and has us walking backwards. And we don't want to do that. So thanks for doing this. This is this is one of the best things that could have ever happened to somebody having them all on the uh on the screen in front of me. And there was a few more out there, Cameron Brown from from New Zealand and and Mark Bone from New Zealand, who I'm going to work with at the end of the year, I'll, I'll miss working with them. Uh, and and in Germany, Till, and so it was. Uh, this was good to see. Thank you, Joe. This was this was good for my soul.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, and thanks as well to our live audience for joining us, and a special thank you to the announcers who joined us from all around the world to help make this a very special episode of the podcast. That's it from me and from Mike. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you for tuning in to the special edition of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For those of you racing at Ironman Wales and Ironman 70.3 Weymouth over the next two weeks, I'll see you on the beach for the start of your race day. If you would like to hear more great episodes of the podcast, be sure to check them out on our website, www.trytalkingsport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. With 90 episodes of the show now available, there is a huge back catalogue of inspiration and motivation to choose from. You can even go back and listen to a full episode with Mike Riley. It's episode number four from 2019. You can follow all of our activities and podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. If you have any feedback or guest suggestions, please email me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe, keep smiling and remember to look for fun and adventure in every day. (laughs) Let's <laughs>